0: Hello, America, and happy Friday. I hope you're getting ready for a beautiful weekend uh, as we head now into the summer season pretty quickly. It's pretty exciting. We're just a few weeks away from the official start of summer. You've probably been reading just the news or watching Real America's Voice. You know that we broke a very important story, the first of what's going to be many stories. I hinted at it yesterday, last night. We delivered it. We have gone through hours and hours of capital security footage, and in so doing, we have identified things that the January 6 Democrat led House committee did not want to tell the American people or didn't tell the people. I don't know if they want to, but they didn't tell the American people. Um, and they range from the Hollywood scripting of certain events uh, to uh, the very extraordinary security failures that occurred on Nancy Pelosi's watch as House Speaker uh, that exacerbated. The uh, violence or exacerbated the vulnerability of the United States Capitol on that fateful day. And again, I always say this and not everyone agrees with me, but I I don't care. Uh, This is important to me as a journalist. When you see someone strike a cop, when you see someone trespass, when you see someone engage in violence, spray someone with pepper spray, threaten someone with a gun, threaten someone with a bomb, threaten someone with a Molotov cocktail like occurred in the George Floyd protests in the summer of 2020, they have committed a crime. They don't deserve sympathy. They deserve what the law requires of punishment for people who violate the law. And the more heinous the violation, the more heinous the punishment should be, the more severe it should be. So I'm not condoning anyone that struck a cop or sprayed uh, pepper spray or uh, struck someone or fought or uh, brought and planted bombs at the RNC, at the DNC. All of that is criminal. Uh, But it isn't the only thing that went on that day. And the fundamental question that the January 6th committee would not address Uh, would not really get into um, except at a high level is how could a $600 million a year police force guarding one of the most important institutions of our constitutional republic, the United States Capitol, fail so miserably? How could it get overrun by a ragtag team of several hundred um, uh, protesters? And especially when you realize that there are more um, organized, serious threats against against the Capitol with terrorists, and, and uh, state actors. We know Iran's tried to assassinate some people in this Washington over the last couple decades. We know Al Qaeda and ISIS have had an. Uh, A desire, at least, to strike the Capitol or other institutions of our government. We know that there are right and left-wing extremists that harbor ill will against the Congress and the government and uh, would, uh, as the early intelligence indicated before January 6th, were willing to consider perpetrating violence at the United States Capitol. So, knowing that and knowing that a ragtag team of protesters, mostly disorganized, I mean, there's some organization, but not a lot, could overrun the police force and create the mayhem that occurred that day, uh, we have to answer, how do we stop that? Just like we had to answer after 9-11, how do we get the FBI and the CIA to work better together and connect the dots so we can prevent terrorist attacks, not investigate them after they kill people, right? That was the fundamental question after 9-11. My reporting at the Associated Press um, divulged, my award-winning, I I won a lot of awards for this, Uh, the failures of the FBI, the CIA, and the National Security Agency and others. The the 9-11 Blue Ribbon Commission confirmed my reporting and made recommendations, and the FBI and CIA started playing nicer, and they made some improvements to uh, the way we stop terrorist attacks, if we can, in this country. No such review has really occurred in a meaningful way for the... um, Twenty uh, the January 6, 2021 uh, failures at the United States Capitol. Yeah, we know there were intelligence failures. I've produced those documents from the after-action reports. We know what the GAO and the Inspector General of the Capitol uh, laid out. But we haven't seen and we, in many ways, uh, the Democrats glossed over some very serious security vulnerabilities. And in some cases, they glossed over some of their own bad behavior. So today, uh, we're going to have some guests that we were on the TV show with last night that walked us through day one of what will be many weeks of security footage that we'll make available over the next several months. Um, you're going to hear today from the former Capitol Police Chief, Chief Stephen Sund. He was the presiding top officer of the Capitol Police that day. He was fired by Nancy Pelosi uh, within a few days after the tragedy. Um, We have had him on before, but he narrates or helps us referee the first videotape that we made public for the American public last night. By the way, more than a million people have now seen that videotape. It's a very important uh, piece of evidence. Um, What does that videotape show? That videotape shows... That uh, uh, remember Nancy Pelosi on January seventh or eighth, right after the terrible tragedy, said she and others were traumatized by what happened that day. Um, and uh, but when you see her emergency evacuation from the Capitol uh, that the police effectuate, now I'm not saying that she should do; she she needed to evacuate. The Capitol was unsafe. There were lawmakers who were in harm's way for a period of time. But during the evacuation. Nancy Pelosi and her daughter, Alexandra, decided to make The Exit a Hollywood movie for political purposes. It could be played on HBO, and it did get played on HBO later. We show you what that looks like from the security camera footage. And what you see is Nancy Pelosi never in threat once she got into the evacuation, right? There were no protesters here. The cops kept them out of that route. But as the officers are trying to lead them quickly and briskly through, her daughter is running around in front, behind, alongside of the... um, entourage trying to film this with a camera by the way these are secret exits right they're not supposed to be known publicly but in this case they're being filmed in the real time and the officers are just trying to get nancy pelosi to an armored car safely uh, and you see the daughter jutting in and out and moving around uh, and you're going to hear today from the capitol police chief what he thinks about that for the first time he's never seen it never talked about it before and i think when you look at it on the just the News new site go check out the story and you listen to chief Sun today you're going to hear that this had a negative effect on the security details operations they're not equipped to take a media camera reporter a la alexander pelosi the daughter with them on this uh they're not supposed to slow down or allow a movie to be filmed they're supposed to get a high-ranking official the speaker of the house in the line to be president in a catastrophic circumstance out of the capitol quickly and he as you'll hear him say Said that this was a hindrance That it shouldn't have happened That it was counterproductive And oh, by the way, he reveals something else I want you to listen to this He says the armored car only had enough room for the speaker And a security detail And that when Alexandra Pelosi came along It meant that they had to kick one of the security details out it was, The security detail was no longer at optimal size um, So that the daughter could get in the car uh, Didn't follow the playbook And as you can see from the movies, it turned what should have been a serious security evacuation into a Hollywood political moment. Not what police want. Probably not what the American people want, but we'll see how they react to it. So you're going to hear from Chief Sund at the outset. Uh, and then in the second part of the show, we brought Marjorie Taylor Greene on, the congresswoman from Georgia. She's been a big voice for the January 6th defendant. Some people agree with her. Some people don't agree with her. Jeez, a lot of people agree with her for getting behind the debt deal. Some people think that was a bad mistake. So she's got her fans and her foes. But on the issue of arguing for transparency so that reporters like myself and Justin News and Nick Ballacy could get access to this video and do responsible reporting, not not conspiracy theory reporting, but responsible theory. Marjorie Taylor Greene has been a consistent advocate for transparency. And I think uh, she has a lot to say about the Nancy Pelosi episode and so much more that we're going to uh, see. So we're going to have those two guests right out of the shooting. I think you're going to like it. It's a, it's a really robust discussion. Uh, Chief Sund is a very cerebral law enforcement expert, and I think it has some... Uh, Really important things that he says, and I really encourage you to listen to that. We will finish up with Kash Patel, uh, former House Intelligence Committee Chief Investigative Counsel, former member of the National Security Council for uh, Counterterrorism, former federal prosecutor, former federal public defender. And most important for this story, he was the Chief of Staff to the Defense Secretary, whom at the time the Pentagon offered the Pelosi-run House, the Pelosi-run Capitol, national guardsmen on june 2nd 3rd and 4th and it was turned down by pelosi's security team uh, the house sergeant in arm and others he has something to say and i think he has a good background as a prosecutor and a counterterrorism expert and as the chief of staff who believed that there should have been a national guard to help the police uh she has some strong thoughts about what nancy pelosi did so that's going to be our show today it's a good one we're really excited i think that all of us will be able to uh, learn more. We're going to have a lot more episodes. And tonight, if you have time at 6 o'clock, tune in again to Real America's Voice, my show with Amanda Head, just the news, no noise. And you're going to see day two of the video footage. In this video footage, we're going to show you a mirage. That's right. The January 6th committee made these sizzle videos that they show to the American people. And these sizzle videos, at least as they're played in the... um, in the, um, the videos, have sound with them. But when we went and saw the same footage inside the Capitol Police um, security system, the, uh, the security footage, there was no sound because these are closed-circuit cameras, soundless cameras. What it means is that someone on the January 6th committee inserted sound into these videos. And um, that, I think is part of the larger Hollywood production, which is they were willing to doctor them to create more dramatic sound than they had available to them because they were trying to influence the American public, not just inform them. And there's no disclosure that you can see in the videotape, certainly we didn't see in the ones that Benny Thompson ran, that uh, showed that the sound had been added. Uh, We haven't been able to get an answer yet from Benny Thompson and his team, but we're trying hard to do that. But you're going to see that tonight. And then on Monday, you're going to see a glaring security failure uh, of how a door is left unlocked and open for well over 20 to 40 minutes time. And lots of people are allowed to enter the Capitol from a rear flank of where the Capitol Police are fighting in the front to keep people out of the rotunda. Um, a massive security failure, and it looks like, and we'll get this confirmed. the reason the door popped is uh, or was left open is because someone hit the fire alarm button on the door, and that automatically unlocked it from both sides, and it all of a sudden goes from being a secure door to an insecure door, and no one' really there for good parts of the time trying to guard it. So people flow in and out. It is uh, a concerning concerning situation and you'll see that on monday all right we're going to take a quick commercial lead uh a break and when we come back we hear from our good sponsors our advertisers our partners we're going to start off with uh capitol police chief sun right after this folks everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite
1: Welcome back, everybody. Staying on this January 6th topic, there are multiple perspectives of all of this that helps us piece together a more accurate story of what happened on that day at the Capitol. So from the law enforcement perspective, I think it's very important to bring in our next guest, someone who can shed a lot of light and information on all of this, former U.S. Capitol Police Chief and author of the book, Courage Under Fire, Under Siege, and Outnumbered Son. Thank you, sir, for being here.
2: Thank you for having me on today.
1: Our pleasure. And, you know, we've actually spoken about you to other people about our conversations on air with you about the condition and the status of the safety at the Capitol. Um, I know that you have had an, a, a number of concerned about what has happened since then to fortify the Capitol, or I guess what hasn't happened more accurately. What was our biggest weakness that day and, and, and what can be easily remedied about it? What are, what are some of the easiest fixes?
2: Well, I think um, you may have mentioned on one of your last segments, um, if you can get away from any politicization of security, that's your number one step. You know, you get any any political involvement in security decisions, you get away from uh, the capital Police Chief, they bring in somebody with expertise in major major events, major demonstrations, yet I have to go through a capital Police Board that's all politically appointed and leadership to get security resources that I need in advance. I have to get their approval. Uh, and that's just a recipe for disaster. When you have p- uh, politics over security, that's a recipe for disaster. That's number one. You, you get away from that. Let the uh, police chief have uh, sole authority. Hold him responsible, him or her responsible, but give him the authority uh, to do what he needs to do to look out for his men and women and the uh, members of Congress.
0: Yeah, it's remarkable. And that dynamic even extends to the tape we showed at the top of the show with um, Speaker Pelosi. People say, well, why don't the officers that are on a protective deal say, turn off the camera? The answer is they can't, right? They have to follow the orders of the speaker, unlike other police people who might have been able to say, turn off those cameras. You're a safety risk. Tell us what you've seen in that uh, video footage and what concerns you, what went right, what went wrong in that footage?
2: Well, when when you look at the footage, what you need to realize is a protective detail is specifically for the, the protectee. Uh, You're there. You're protecting the protectee. Now, Capitol Police statutorily do do have the authority to protect family members. And it's my understanding the uh, person holding the camera was uh, Pelosi's daughter. Um, But they're there in the in the position of being media. The protective protective detail isn't there to protect media. Whoever else was there with with her for the sole purpose of videotaping uh, creates a a major distraction for the, the, the protective detail. You know, they don't train to protect those additional people. There's a limited number of seats in the um, uh, armored vehicles that, you know, if you're going to put one of those additional uh, people into the uh, armored uh, personnel carrier or the armored vehicle, you're going to lose one of your security detail. And that's not what's meant to happen. So it creates a distraction. Uh, it creates slows down the process. You can see as as she's walking through the hallway, she's she's more concerned on videotaping, I wanna say she, um, uh, I think it's Alexandra Pelosi, right. is more concerned on videotaping as opposed to rapidly getting out of the uh, out of the Capitol for uh, her and her mother's safety.
1: Mm. Sir, as we look at the timeline of everything that happened starting in, in December, there was a lot of changing information. Uh, whether there was or was not a credible threat, and, threat, and obviously up to, to January 2nd with the request of National Guard troops, that was the final word, that there was a credible threat, uh, according to Capitol Police. The There was a request for National Guard troops. Uh, that request was denied. National Guard troops weren't there. Would that have changed what happened? Because I know one of the things you've talked about is how Capitol
2: Police, in the title of your book, were outnumbered. So when, when you look at it, the request for National Guard actually was January 3rd. Uh, I detail it specifically uh, in my book because I went back and I looked at some of the video of me actually going in person to request them with the, uh, to the House and Senate Sergeant Arms and was denied the morning of the 3rd. Um, I think it would have been a, a big difference. And when you look at the intelligence, now they may come back now and say they had a, a credible threat. You look at the intelligence we had at the time, we weren't seeing any, a, a credible threat. I was doing it specifically because I knew my perimeter, I was going to have limited personnel on it. I wanted to have some more personnel. And all I was asking for was unarmed National Guard. Well, now when you look at the intelligence that we now know existed, uh, that I I talk about, not only would we have had National Guard, we would have likely had a taller fence, the the eight-foot anti-scale fence, National Guard, possibly even mutual aid, and that would have been a game-changer indeed. Absolutely would have been a different outcome.
0: When you look at the January 6th committee's work last year, obviously they highlight the wrongdoing and lots of people committed wrongdoing that day. The people Mm -hmm. who assaulted officers, breached the Capitol, all of them deserve to be punished. But there wasn't a lot of focus on the issues that you talk about in your book that you've been kind enough to talk with us. There doesn't seem to be the sort of security reassessment and learning that has happened in other major moments in our life, like after 9-11 or after the baseball shooting um, have did Congress last year miss a moment to try to fix things for the good of all the Capitol Police and the Capitol?
2: Well, when you look at the focus of the J-6 committee, uh, it definitely, and, and you know I, 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 again, I explain that and describe it, and you can see it in my uh, transcripts. Yeah. Their focus was on tying the executive branch into what happened on, on January 6th. Ah, uh, there needed to be a clear focus on the the intelligence failure, uh, any issues that happen with uh, security failures, you know, with the problems that happen with the political oversight. Uh, it's interesting. Almost two years later, December, they changed one portion of the law that prevented me from bringing in resources in advance, and it only affects when, like, we were under attack on January uh, January six. People don't realize that I had a federal law over me that prevented me from going immediately and requesting federal resources. You know, even while we're under attack, I have to go to the Capitol Police Board they changed that one law and made it so that the chief now can go and request his federal resources on their own but they they made it revocable so it's it's you know it's funny that they they again they're still continuing to take the security measures and security responsibility away from a chief that has uh, the experience um, so you know it just it
0: just continues it's head scratching isn't it <laughs> yeah it is
1: <laughs> and and as I, as i read communications, text messages that have since been released, communications between people who were on the ground there who were supposed to be containing what could have been and what we now know were, were credible threats of violence. It seems like there were a lot of people who were very cavalier about it. Does that exist in any of these communications that you saw?
2: Now, now when you say cavalier about it, can you just explain a little bit more? I just want to make sure I understand your, your, your question.
1: They seem that it, it seems that with what we know now, there just wasn't a proper level, I guess, of care or concern about it.
2: Uh, I will, again, I would go back to say, look at the intelligence we had at the time. If the FBI, and again, I've I've handled over over two dozen national special security events in Washington D.C. Uh, and the intelligence that the FBI would share with us in advance of so those was extremely different. We would do briefings. We would do conference calls. None of that occurred this time. So if we now had even a fraction of the, of the intelligence, which which I talk about in the book uh, that we know existed, them talking about coming in and killing palace guards, them targeting um, some of the entry points of the Capitol, talking about having, you know, coming in with chemical weapons, uh, even a portion of that would have given us a lot better positioning to go and make these requests from the Capitol Police Board and leadership yeah. to get the resources I would have needed advance of January 6th. Right. That
1: flow of information has got to be streamlined. And sir, I encourage everybody to go out and check out your book, because if you want a holistic look with detailed information about what happened on that day, you need to buy Courage Under Fire, Under Siege, and Outnumbered by Stevenson. That was our guest, former U.S. Capitol Police Chief. We've got to take a very quick commercial break. We'll stick on this topic after these commercials.
0: All right, folks, hey, before we go to the next commercial break, I want to make sure that we um, have you up to speed on some very important stuff. Earlier in the week, we had our AMAC Wednesday. Uh, I love when we do that. Andy Mangione this week, Bobby Charles, Rebecca Weber, so many great, smart people there. As you know, I joined as a five-year member. I have a five-year membership. It's an incredible bargain. It pays for itself in a few weeks because you get discounts at hotels and products and restaurants and other things. Uh, You also get great information on products like Medicare plans and others. You get special offers on auto insurance. and other uh, house insurance and other things. It is a remarkable organization. And of course, we want you to go sign up and be a member. But they also have some of uh, the best resources for people who are beginning to plan for their retirement. And a lot of you are tired of paying too much for your Medicare plan, right? Uh, Well, maybe you got your plan through AARP. And if so, you need a max Medicare advisory service. Why? Because you're going to get free Medicare guidance and no liberal agenda. Their friendly, licensed advisors are not only experts in Medicare, but they also value faith, family, and freedom, just like you do and just like our founding fathers did when they uh, started this great country nearly 250 years ago. Now, AMAC offers dozens of plans for many top insurers. Not just one plan, for the service and plans you need from people you trust, all you got to do is go visit AMAC, A M A C. Dot US slash plan. Let me give you that again. That's AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash plan, P-L-A-N. Go to AMAC dot U-S slash plan today and get started. You're going to be able to do some serious bargain shopping and get the right Medicare plan for you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, she's always gullible, always vocal, always uh, strong in her opinions and her analysis. Joining us right after the commercial break, Congresswoman, Thanks to our good friends at BrickHouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Welcome back, America. As we showed you at the top of the show, you have now seen – the security footage of Nancy Pelosi's Hollywood-style uh, exit from the Capitol uh, on January 6th. looks a little bit differently than some of the descriptions, and it raises a lot of security concerns. I want to start off by acknowledging something. There are two people that have made it possible for Justin News, Real America's Voice, Amanda and I, to do this work. One of them, Speaker Kevin McCarthy and his staff, who worked for us to get access and to do this in a responsible way. And our next guest, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has fought relentlessly to give the American public transparency after all of the work of the January 6th committee to keep the American public from having that transparency. We're lucky to have that Congresswoman join us right now. Congressman Green, Marjorie Taylor, Green, great to have you on the show today. I want to start with just your reaction of what you've seen. You've looked at a lot of this footage, but let's just start with the speaker. Here is a, a supposedly a dire moment where the speaker has to be evacuated by the police and her daughter and the... Um, uh, police apparatus are basically allowing a filming of a very secret exit and a very serious moment. Seems to me like a bad choice in security. Oh,
3: absolutely, and and I'm so grateful to you for covering this issue and, and showing the American people the truth of what is really happening and what happened on January 6th. And what you're going to reveal to everyone and what you are revealing is this was a political narrative. Um, Speaker Nancy Pelosi at the time, her biggest concern and responsibility was the safety and security of the Capitol. She ignored all the intelligence briefings that were given to her. and She ignored the request for the National Guard on January 6th. And what everyone just saw in this video is they use the situation they totally threw out uh, uh, the, the ability to hide um, exits uh, for security reasons in the Capitol, and they used it. They used that situation to film it so that their family could make millions of dollars later by selling the video footage in a documentary. I believe that is one of the most abusive things uh, and, and the biggest sign of corruption from Nancy Pelosi that, that the American people will see thus far. And I know you're going to show them a lot more. Um, but this this is appalling, and it shows who the real hypocrites are and that they had a lot more planned that they were going to do with January 6th than anyone even knew. And, and while all of us were confused of what was going on that day um, when the, the Capitol was breached, had no idea it was going to happen. Nancy Pelosi clearly knew what was going on, and they had a plan the entire time. Mm. Yeah, and
1: Congresswoman, I think when
3: people look at this, they they can
1: only come to two conclusions, especially with respect to that specific aspect of Nancy Pelosi's exit from the Capitol accompanied by her filmmaker daughter. It can really only be one or two things. I think it, it, it can only be that she cares more about money and the filmmaking aspect of this
3: more than her safety, or she never thought that there was a safety issue to begin with. Well, Amanda, I I think that's very clear, but the truth is she knew there was a safety issue because Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House. The Speaker's duty is the Capitol and its safety and security. Um, Not the president. The president is in charge of the White House. The Speaker of the House is in charge of the Capitol. Nancy Pelosi had been briefed multiple times going back into December. Um, And John, you have reported that uh, repeatedly. But she had been briefed. She knew there were threats of violence that day. She had been told by her own sergeant-in-arms. She had been told by Capitol Police. She had been told by many agents. She had been warned of potential violence on January 6th and threats to the Capitol and she had her daughter there with camera in hand. I think they clearly knew what they were doing and they have capitalized on it and made millions of dollars.
0: Congresswoman, I know beyond the transparency that you've been fighting for two and a half years to give the American people, there's another issue here. Uh, Chief Sun's going to be coming on in a few moments. And he has said to us repeatedly, Amanda and I, the Capitol is no more safe today than it is on January 5th, that the real security failures of that day really haven't been fixed because Democrats were sweeping them under the rug. When you look at the fact that the security detail was willing to allow Nancy Pelosi's daughter to film her. She could have tripped, fallen, stopped the uh, the uh, security from moving quicker. Uh, she's recording very sensitive um, uh, sites, not only here, but all the way to Fort McNair. There are a lot of things that Capitol Police don't seem to have properly owned and fixed. How concerned are you and what might you be doing to make sure the Capitol Police does a better job protecting the Capitol going forward? Well,
3: that is a great concern of mine. I mean, they receive millions of dollars and have never replaced... Uh, the video cameras in the Capitol that they were supposed to replace, and many other things haven't been done. I think the safety and security of the Capitol should be a very serious issue. Um, You know, and I feel the same way about kids in school. I think that we should take safety and security um, uh, very seriously, not only for politicians here in Washington, but for people all over the country. And and that's why it is so important to support our police, give them the right tools and, and the ability to do it. But if you're not taking the tools and the funding to create better security, then then we need to take a look and make sure that that happens. And that's why I'm so thankful uh, for the House Admin Committee here as in a Republican-controlled Congress. I'm thankful to Speaker McCarthy because that is something that he's really working on as well as our entire leadership is, but it's still a concern of mine. And I can tell you that from a personal experience who has some of the top most death threats of all members of Congress. Um, it, it is a real issue, and we need to make sure that we take this very seriously and correct any problems. Yeah, I know that's definitely always been an issue for you. I wanted to ask you, you know,
1: on that day, there were absolutely people who, who broke the law, who trespassed, who committed acts of violence. But there were a lot of people uh, who I think Americans think were unjustly charged and prosecuted, and some of them, uh, a few of them are still being held in jail. Do you have any updated numbers regarding those folks? Uh, whose prosecution is moving along, anything like that.
3: Yeah, this is a this is a tragic situation and it's heartbreaking. Um, this is something that I've been attacking the the FBI, the Department of Justice, um, the jail, the DC jail here, and other jails. Uh, these people are truly being persecuted. And Amanda, you are right. Some of these people on January 6th did commit violence. They did break the law, and of course, they have been charged and prosecuted. But there's a lot of people that have been targeted simply because they walk through the Capitol on January 6th. And this is our real concern um, with the videotapes. If we release these videotapes just widely for the public, um, number one, we, we put the security of the Capitol at risk because there's over 1,700 video cameras. Um, Number two, we also endanger uh, many Americans that were simply standing on the Capitol grounds, maybe never even walked through the Capitol or committed any crimes, but they could've just walked further than where the barrier was, simply because the barrier was torn down by the time they got there. Most of these people have never even, or had never even been to Washington DC until that day on January 6th, so there was no, way for them to know that they had crossed a barrier because it was all torn down. Um, there's a big concern because there's George Soros funded groups and many other leftist groups that will sit there and view these videotapes for hours and hours using facial recognition software and dox these people and hand them over to the FBI and the Department of Justice who we have no control over. And so this is this could be really endangering more Americans to be targeted by the weaponized government from the Biden regime. And we just don't want that to happen. But right now, we know there's several dozen uh, January 6th defendants still here in the D.C. jail. Um, But there's more January 6th defendants all over the country uh, still awaiting trial. And and sadly, Amanda, uh, Matthew Graves, the the U.S. uh, attorney here in Washington, D.C., that ignores 67% of the crime here in Washington, D.C., but has weaponized his, his office at the Department of Justice to, to purely target these January 6th defendants, uh, he's going to arrest another 1,000 more. Um, so this is a very grave situation, and, and this is why it's so important that we, that we rein in this out-of-control weaponized government because it's truly a threat to American democracy.
0: Congresswoman, it's a great honor to have worked with you on this. And I want to thank you for your support in getting us the transparency to the American people we're going to now be able to provide. We're going to need you back on real soon, but thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you so much, Sean. Thanks, Amanda.
0: Thank you.
1: Welcome back, everybody. When Americans look at the swamp, I know that everybody has a tendency to feel like the truth just never comes out, that it is an uphill battle and that it never emerges. And here we are over two years later and just now finally getting to the heart of the truth of what happened on January 6th, thanks to my great colleague and numerous members of Congress. So I want to bring in to continue this conversation, Cash Cash Patel. You all know and love him, former federal prosecutor, chief of staff to the defense secretary. And now Real America's voice contributor, Cash, welcome back to the show.
4: Hey, y'all, thanks so much for having me back on.
1: It's good to have you back on. And, you know, we, we've had conversations over the last two and a half years or so about what happened on January 6th. We are finally starting to see some, some real visual footage, some real visual evidence of what actually occurred. How, how do you think the narrative has changed since then?
4: Well, congratulations for your hard work. Your team over there has really crushed it on this effort. And whether you're a former federal prosecutor or when I was serving as chief of staff to the DOD on January 6th, the theme has always been the same, or whether you're talking about FBI, Comer, and Ray produced the documents for the American people to see. And the videotape is no different. And I understand that there are some might be some minimal sensitivities around it, but I'm glad this footage is finally getting out so everybody can view it, including the defendants and families and, and American citizens, most importantly, so they can have their own take on what happened that day. It's it's critically important. It's about time.
0: Yeah, it is. And, and um, truth denied is freedom denied in this country. And I think people finally are going to get some of this back. Cash, you knew the threats that the Capitol faced uh, when you were in the House Intelligence Committee. Bad people all across this world would love to strike at the the institutions of our Mm -hmm. great republic. You knew of the sensitivity of Fort McNair when you were the chief of staff uh, at the Pentagon. Nancy Pelosi's daughter, the judgment of the speaker and the daughter to allow filming the secret exit of the Capitol and then continued filming all the way out at Fort McNair, what, how do you rate their judgment and the potential security vulnerabilities they already created by um, uh, allowing that HBO documentary to air that footage?
4: Their judgment is based on what their judgment has always been, and that is the Hollywoodization, the politicization of national security apparatus and politics when it suits them. This video, had it been done by me or say Devin Nunes or Donald Trump, would have been excoriated for exposing national security secrets, um, safe passage exits and entry points. And I won't even get into what we use Fort McNair for. And the fact that she, this former Speaker of the House, put this on Hollywood to film, and then for the world to see is a disgusting act and shows you her real intentions the entire time she cared about popularity like most of the politicians in congress which is why most americans despise them because they failed to put american interests first and this video is just another tragic example of failed leadership in nancy pelosi yeah
1: Cash, since, since that day, since January 6th, there were firsthand accounts of people who were there on the ground, who said the barriers weren't there. We didn't have to knock anything over. We just walked straight through. And then there were some instances that took a little while to clarify because we needed the video footage. And that includes you know, some people who were actually, what appears to be ushered into the Capitol. They weren't hindered by uh, any type of law enforcement whatsoever. And we saw uh, people like Jacob Chansley, the, what do they call him, the QAnon shaman. Uh, released early. Do you think that this footage getting out there is going to help any more of the January 6th defendants who are still in jail, uh, in custody? Do you think that this will help any of their cases and be used for that?
4: Um, look, as a former defense attorney to a public defender, the only way it would help them is if, if those defense attorneys and their, de, and their client were denied access to that. And I don't work at the Department of Justice anymore, and I haven't spoken to any of these attorneys on it. But if they were, then it's a big deal because it could amount to Brady information, Giglio information, exculpatory information and the like. And so the question that the department must answer publicly is, no, we provided access. So that that point is moot. But I don't know the answer to it, but it is critical and worth asking an answer and demanding it from DOJ.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cash, when you take the sum total of this video footage, there's a couple things you learn. One, some of the presentations that the January 6th committee uh, gave the American public are deceiving because our footage doesn't have audio. There was no audio on the videotape, yet there was audio presented with some of these clips at the hearing. And two, uh, we don't have a real accounting of the security failures, so we can't fix them Tell us the pathway. You got about 45 seconds left. What would you like to see done to make sure the Capitol is more secure and the Democrats who deceived us from Russia collusion to January 6th get punished in some way?
4: It's very simple. To secure the Capitol, you just got to take out Hollywood and make sure you do what's necessary. Put up perimeter fencing, put up extra law enforcement, get the FBI to do their job and show up in uniform and not make it a political issue. Remember, they wanted the optics. I was chief of staff. I was the first one subpoenaed by the JAN-6 committee. Go read the transcript. We had it all in place and ready to go. And politics and political leaders, Nancy Pelosi, got in the way and shut down the security of the Capitol. That is the one lesson that must all be learned by everybody. it can never happen again great
3: wisdom
1: Mm. i think there are many lessons to learn and it's going to happen over the next few weeks as we release this footage cash Patel, former federal prosecutor your expertise on that has been invaluable also as chief of staff defense secretary and right here at real america's voice we are blessed to have you as a contributor man that sunset is gorgeous grill patio sunset hard to get better than that
0: All right, folks, that wraps up our Friday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just News. So grateful you can join one more time, because I I know uh, we covered it earlier, but I always want you to uh, be sure that you you remember as we exit each day the best offers that we're giving you. AMAC, our good friends at AMAC, AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. They've got uh, the perfect Medicare uh, guidance uh, for you. They've got a special plan, a Medicare advisory service. It gets you access to dozens of plans from many top insurers. All you got to do to get started, to get some advice on this, is go to amac.us slash plan. Amac, A-M-A-C U-S slash plan, P-L-A-N. Go check it out today. You won't be disappointed. All right, folks, that wraps up our Friday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin the News. So grateful you can join us. I hope you enjoyed the interviews. We've got a great weekend lineup, a lot more big name guests coming. So And be sure to tune in tonight at 6 o'clock, or if you miss that, go to justthenews.com com later in the night or go to the the News android and iphone app and go watch the show tonight we're going to show you the footage of the doctored uh video uh that january 6th uh the committee gave americans we'll have that shortly uh after this all right have a great night guys and god bless you we'll have a great weekend i'll have some more programming for you over the weekend so you won't be disappointed god bless you good night G-O-L-D GOLD, that's 800-200-GOLD and find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653, 800-200-4653, GOLD, or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon, Just the News family. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia Collusion, Hunter Biden,